Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Christine Howard. Christine is a sought-after speaker and innovative business leader. Her transformative products and coaching services, books, and talks are instrumental in awakening the radiance and power of women's true beauty and their ability to achieve their soul-centered calling. Passionate in her commitment to inspire the lives of women, Christine's work first began during her own transformational heartbreak, rising from from a startling diagnosis of breast cancer followed by a painful divorce. Today, she is widely known as an authority on radiant achievement, teaching and speaking to audiences worldwide. So if you feel like you've been putting yourself and your needs on the back burner, you're going to love my next guest, Christine. We talked about what happens when we become aware of what we need and some simple steps to help us move from a life of default to creating a life by design. This episode is all about growth, letting go, transformation, self-care, and so much more. Here we go. Okay, everybody, you are just in for such a treat because we have Christine Howard here today. And, you know, we had a little bit of a conversation beforehand. I purposely didn't want to get into a lot of conversation because I hate it when we miss the juicy details. I, I want to save them for you. So I don't Perfect. know uh, that much that much more about Christine, but we're going to find out. So welcome, Christine. So glad you're here. Thank you, Debbie. I am excited to be here with you today. Okay, thank you. And you know, this this show is all about betrayal, what it's like, what it does, and of course, what we can do with it, and how we can turn it into uh, something powerful, something you know, where we can make some sense and meaning out of it. So I know you had a betrayal in your life. You want to? Let's just start there. Can you tell sure. us about that? Uh, yeah, I absolutely can. So, as as not uncommon. Um, in our lives as, you know, we get older and we've gone through a lot of things. Um, my unexpected um, transformational betrayal was my spouse uh, of 21 plus years telling me that he was done with our marriage and um, that he has moved on and, and had somebody new that um, was more important, to, more important than me, which was a really hard thing to hear um, because I was already dealing with um, healing for breast cancer at that time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and in this spin of, um, t- you know, starting to look at myself and take care of myself, I was, this, this took me to my knees basically when, when I got the news that we were done. Yeah. And Christine, I want to stop you right there because if I tell you how common it is in just between the, the members of the program we have and, and people I've had on the show where there is this physical, I mean, there is some kind of physical symptom, illness, condition, disease that always seems to mm-hmm. be timed right around the mm-hmm. time of a betrayal. Yeah. And it's like the body knows something's up way before we physically or, or emotionally, mentally get that news. Absol- so it's just... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'll dive a little bit into, uh, into yes. some of that. Because, of course, we do sense things and it's almost in that ignoring and that denying and not wanting to face what's going on. We're creating more turmoil for ourselves inside it. And I, I definitely, of course, it's a combination of factors, but I think the stress I was facing in my marriage was part of, of what, what created the health conditions too, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And I just want to make sure everybody knows this is not to say that the it it was the betrayal that caused the the illness or that there's any sort of blame or anything like that. It's just there is this body mind connection. It is absolutely undeniable. And uh, you know, it's just I, I'm just pointing out that there is another example of it right here with what you're saying. So I agree. okay, go on with your story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, perfect, perfect. And um, it, it, and the funny thing too about this is that I had told myself, um, or, well, when I talk about this in, in a book that I'm releasing later this year, is I I was at that point I, I something needed to change, right? Like I was mm-hmm. so out um, off my center, out of alignment in my life, I and I didn't realize really how bad it was. Um, obviously the cancer, you know, kind of clued me in a bit, but I was really praying for something to change. And when I um, got this news and, and I suspected something was going on, but when I got the news, it, it like the, the, the dam broke, right. In, in so mm-hmm. many different ways. And I, um, it, it was a blessing, honestly. And, and I'll go into that a little bit more um, in my story because there were some decisions I made early on that, Mm-hmm. Um, allowed me to utilize this this betrayal for transformation for myself. And and I really want you to dive in more. And, and again, I want to stop you here because there are so many people listening, and they're saying blessing uh, <laughs> now. And I get right, and I get uh, it because you never see it when you're going through no. it. But it's from the other side. You can look back and say, "Oh, I get it. I get it." But here's the thing that I want to make sure everybody knows. We always have a choice what we do with it. You know, we have every right to grieve and mourn and it's that's a very important piece of this, mm-hmm. but it's when we make those moves to do something with it, that's when that's when transformation happens and I have a feeling that you're going to be sharing something about that. So, okay, Absolutely. just wanted to stop you there. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, in early on, I made a decision and you, you did the perfect lead in for me because I absolutely went through the normal grieving process, right? There was the shock, the disbelief, the bargaining. Like I was really, there was a point when I was begging to take him back saying, of course, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I see my part in this situation. I, I want to, I, I will do anything to try and, you know, salvage the relationship. So I went through the grieving and, and But also because I was through in the middle of the breast cancer healing and needing to make decisions on on surgery, not surgery, which way to go, I was already in this place of of, um, taking a closer look at how I was showing up for myself. And, And that really helped me early on to make a decision that um, to see this, it, it was really like a two-part decision to see this as an opportunity to really face some of the things in my life that I hadn't been willing to face up until now um, and, and face them again with the perspective of love and compassion for my growth. And, and the biggest thing of that, the second part of that decision was to let go. I had been grasping so tightly to this vision of my life with my spouse, mm-hmm. with my children, with our friends and travel and that all that external success that we tend to look at. I've been grasping mm-hmm. so tightly to try and um, have all these different things that I wasn't getting where I wanted to be. And in fact, it was actually working against me. So I very quickly, um, for my own health and well-being, decided I needed to let go of that whole vision of my life. 
And I want to stop you there because the letting go piece is so huge. And and as a reformed control freak, <laughs> it's it's a, it is it's a work in progress because what I what I found is we have an idea of what we want and you know we we feel well there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to have this this is what we signed up for you know and and there's such a grieving process that has to happen just for what we wanted and didn't receive like that's that's a big piece of it too and letting go of the idea of okay even though i signed up for the you know the white picket fence and the and and the 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 partner and the children and whatever it didn't quite work out that way and that does require a grieving process and i think a lot of people try to skip over that mm-hmm. but i want to know exactly what you did to let go one one book i remember reading it was so powerful it's called let go, letting go and it's mm. um oh my gosh is it uh David Hawkins, David R. Hawkins. It's a brilliant book. I suggest everybody read it. Yeah, listen to it. It's just, it's amazing because what I remember in the book, he talks about how every emotion has a different uh, frequency level. And it's as you let go, you move from one level of frequency to the next. And courage, I believe it was courage that was uh, level 200. And there's something about it's all negative below that, where it's pride and, and you know, other emotions, apathy. And above that, it's, it's these higher emotions that are, instead of the lower energy emotions that deplete us, above courage, it's the, the higher energy, energy emotions that actually uh, give us energy. And there's something about that letting go process that enables us to move from one of those levels to the next. So just a little resource for everybody there. I love that. It, and yeah. there definitely was a lot of sadness I dealt with. And I was a big mm-hmm. journaler back then. I journaled, I meditated, I prayed. I, um, I wasn't, I definitely went to therapy and um, all of that really helped me to get everything that was on my heart and in my head and um, out, out of me, right? Just because I had stuck things for so many years, there was a lot of stuck energy, stuck emotion. And that really, you know, having those different tools was definitely uh very supportive uh, processes to help me get mm-hmm. things to get things flowing. You're right. And as you get things out on paper, I'm a visual person too. So I can see things. I can mm-hmm. step back from it. Stay in my head wouldn't have served me in any way. So, and, and you know what I love about journaling too. And, and I think what the audience really appreciates, what the listeners really appreciate is because it gives us for us uh, types that like to feel like we're accomplishing something, mm. you know, when we're <laughs> meditating, I know with me, like, I'm not really, it's like, I'm trying, right. And I don't know if I'm accomplishing anything, but there's something about the actual physical writing that I feel like, okay, I'm getting something done, but it's really true. You're bypassing the cognitive mind. You're getting right to the subconscious and, and really figuring out some stuff you may not have even known that you were feeling. Was there any like, certain way you journaled or or type of meditation or something that really worked for you yeah i like to give the listeners right well i i a couple things for sure um i love doing quick writes as far as the journal and i would sit down and have no particular just what was i feeling just connecting in getting Mm -hmm. still and quiet and then whatever came up, writing it down. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I might've been dealing with something, a particular issue with, um, whether it was my health or my divorce or something like that. So there, some days there was something specific that I journaled on, but mostly I, 
because I've been so disconnected, just what are you feeling? What do you need? That was often a prompt mm-hmm. for me is not how are you feeling, but what? And really connecting back oh, into my that. body. Yes. And then just sit and, and you know what? write it down. That's so great. Like, think about it. If everybody just does nothing more than take out a journal and commit to those two prompts, what are you feeling and what do, what what do you need? Was that yes, the other one? What do you need? Exactly. And what do you need? Could you just imagine if you committed to doing that? Let's just do it for a week. And that doesn't mean it's got to be a whole big long thing. What if you just responded to those two questions every day? I think that's just a magical little tip right there. Great. And it was and I did commit to every to doing that every day for a period of time. Um, and, and it allowed me to really connect back into my intuition again, getting out of my head, connecting into my higher wisdom, my body and starting to, um, listen, you know, be able to discern and listen to and acknowledge the messages mm-hmm. that had been there or that were there now for me to, to, um, act upon, to use as information, to move forward. That mm-hmm. was a very supportive process for me. So, and, and I'm sure that was so helpful for you. So let's get back to the letting go. What was something, what did you think was something that you, you needed to let go of, or what was your process in letting go? Sure. Sure. Well, again, it was through my, through that quiet time, through the journaling, through just sitting and, and, um, and listening, I would, you know, just be open and, and let things pop up. What, Mm -hmm. what came to me is I realized I had this, this, you know, long held belief um, that I needed others approval and, and specifically from key people in my life. And, mm-hmm. and so I looked at how I had been showing up, right? So this deep, this deep inquiry of I'm using this time for transformation. What were those things that bubbled up? One of them was, Oh my gosh, like look at all the things I haven't done because I didn't get glowing approval from my spouse or, you know, my family didn't have like big support for me. So I, I saw that as, as one thing and I let go of that. I, I realized uh, I'm an adult, right? I, I, um, I'm not that little girl under, you know, um, that's part of a family. I mean, I'm part of a family obviously, but I was able to see that um, that was an old story I was holding on to. And I, consciously let it go, but then it takes time to fully let it go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so give us an example of, can you think back to something that you said, well, you know, I really want to do this, yeah. but it's not practical. It's not whatever it is. And yeah. it's not in everybody's business. And then you were like, you know what? No, I'm a big girl. It's time. Right, what, what was right. something that comes? Well, it could be, there were, it was a range of things. It could have been something as small as, um, something I wanted us to do as a family. This is, you know, back in the days of being married and I had ideas for community service as a family and I presented it, you know, to our, my, our, you know, our, my already busy husband. And he, he definitely was not on board with it, um, given our schedules. And instead of me going through and and saying, well, then the kids and I'll just do it. I'm like, okay, then, then we won't do it. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of a little minor, somewhat minor, Example, but then it was even things of um, uh, projects that um, I did, and there were there were times when I, for example, I always loved um, fitness, and there mm-hmm. were times when I wanted to do something with a kind of a fitness type of competition, and mm-hmm. for years I I didn't I just didn't even want to bring it up because 
I felt I knew I wasn't going to get the approval given the time and the money it would, would cost. So some of it was me even stopping things before, before I would present them. And then eventually and you, I couldn't stop anymore. <laughs> right. And you know, what's so interesting. Like you, you said, it was a little thing. And I, I don't really look at it as so little. I look at each one as almost a little seed of resentment, mm, right? Because sure. every time you want to do something and then you sort of stuff it or you squelch it or you minimize your own needs or what it is that you want to do, you know, we think it goes away, but, right. but it's almost like this little seed, right? And it just, and then there's another one and another one and another one. And then we convince ourselves that our needs don't matter and it's just all about everybody else. And, and how do we not become resentful? And then how are we possibly showing up as the best version of ourselves if, if, we're not taking care of what fills and fuels us as well. Yes, that's a, that's a great point. It, and it was a seed for sure and all of that, right? So you stuff that. I stuffed those, those emotions that, that hurt, that um, denial. And, and that, there was a, there, um, the next one is, uh, and you talked about the control freak. I definitely mm-hmm. never thought of myself that way initially, but I really wanted to know how everything was going to work out. So Mm -hmm. I had project plans, I had financial plans, I had, you know, when we go do a vacation, like I wanted to have everything all figured out ahead of time. So I try to make sure we're going to have these magical experiences. And there were a lot of experiences I realized I was trying to control and I let go of trying to control and figure out how it was all going to turn out. And Mm -hmm. and that was another one of those key things for me. And that's a big thing too. You know, I think with this, like I know with me, so often it had to do with fear. It's like, if I control this, then, then right. I'm controlling all the, all the chaos and everything's going to be okay. And I think what happens with betrayal is we realize so many things are out of our control. Yeah. So, you know, so, so what is hanging on even tighter going to do? It, it's right. really only hurting us. And right. it's, it's in that letting go is when we're sort of allowing for, you know, for, for things to happen. But I see that so often with betrayal, you know, life has been so many aspects of life have been uh, taken out of our control. And even something so simple as taking our eating healthy back or, or working out again or whatever right. it is, it's okay, you know what? I can do this. This is within my control. So if everything else is so chaotic and crazy, I can do this. Right. Well, and, and I think that led to my last big um, thing that I let go of. I realized I was mm-hmm. really looking externally for success and externally for my fulfillment, right? So mm-hmm. in, in looking at the family dynamics, my, this perfect, what I wanted, this perfect relationship, this, you know, perfect you know, what success looked like. And, and while definitely raising a family, having been in a long-term relationship had a lot of things that really filled my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things, again, this denial that, that was, that had created a void for me. And I I was out of alignment. I was out of um, authenticity with myself. So Mm -hmm. when I, was doing this inner inquiry and realizing, okay, you've been really focused out there, right? The things you can't control, what the other people are doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, who's doing, who's going where, who's doing what, let that go and, and start tapping back inside. What are those things that are, you need, right? The meditation stuff. What are, what, do you, what are you feeling? What do you need? What's calling to your heart? What's calling to your mm-hmm. soul? 
that was transformation. Mm. Were you surprised? Yeah. Were you surprised with anything that you came up with or anything that you sort of heard your, your wise inner guide speak to, you know, say or, or come up with? Was it anything sort of surprising about what you realized you needed? Well, I, I, I will say the biggest dis- like self-discovery I made was that mm-hmm. I had been, I was the biggest betrayer of me. <laughs> and and I, I need to say that again, because that was huge, that I time and again had betrayed myself because I didn't step up and, you know, say the things I wanted to say, do the things that were really, truly calling to me. And I, I made myself a second class citizen, I realized, as I was going through this inquiry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's such a big thing, right? Because we look right. at it and say, okay, well, it's all about everybody else. And, and, and then we've been betrayed. But then you realize, wow, you know what? I, I've been betraying myself here. What did I do with Absolutely. my own needs? And why is it that my whole life is on the back burner? Why, why am I just sort of fitting it in in the, in the nooks and crannies of whatever time or space is available? Why am I not prioritizing myself? That's a huge revelation. So what did you do with huge. that? So yeah. what I did with that, is I drew a line in the sand. I drew a line in the sand and I said, never again am I going to um, make myself second class, right? I'm, never gonna, I'm not going to deny what's calling to me. I'm not going to deny my uniqueness, my true essence. I am going to, you know, from this point forward, listen to the callings of my soul, be my best self, and really bring my essence to life in, in the ways that are calling to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want to stress this too, because, and I, and I want to go into it a little bit more because yeah. there are, and we definitely have men listening to the show, but there are so many women. And I see this with women where it's almost, they're, they're so, they feel so guilty drawing that line in the sand and, and mm. prioritizing their own needs and their own self-care or whatever that looks like. And they say it's so selfish and I say it's self-preservation. Mm-hmm. How did you make peace with that? And, and you know, the part that blows my mind and listen, I'm guilty of it too, <laughs> with four kids and six dogs and a yes. business, right? It's, it's so easy to put everyone else first, but how did you, uh, you know, because I look at it and say, why does it take trauma to, to right. put our needs, you know, uh, to put ourselves on our own to-do list, right? Right. What, what was it for you that said, okay, you know what? I, I just need to prioritize myself and it's, it's okay and it's right. not uh, selfish. It's, it's, right. what I, it's what I need. Yeah. How'd you, well, how'd you manage that? What'd and, you do? Honestly, you know, at that point it was, it was somewhat easier for me because I was pretty much an empty nester at that point. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't have at that point, the distraction, some of the, you know, I would say distraction, mm-hmm. but the other responsibilities. Yeah. I mean, obviously I was still a mom, but my kids were grown. Um, and mm-hmm. what, what I realized when I was, and this really helped me to solidify it was that who I was being and how I was showing up in, in those years, raising my family and, and, you know, being the mom as well as the entrepreneur was, I was showing up with unconscious conditioning. It was mm-hmm. conditioning. I didn't realize that I had gained or, or that was part of me because I was doing what my mom had done. Mm. I, I'm one of six right. kids. I'm one of six kids. So when, mm-hmm. when my mom 
was raising us, her life was about, was about us. Her life was about the family mm-hmm. unit. It was, and she rarely did things for herself. So one mm-hmm. of the things that helped me shift out of, of who I had been showing up as and, and my, you know, just brain, my thoughts and my beliefs mm-hmm. was to realize that was conditioning and, and I can change my thoughts, my beliefs um, consciously to see and value myself as a, as an equal citizen, right? So that realization was a big a big first step. That and that's so huge because I think so many of us, when we're not conscious of it, we it's just easy. Of course, it's so familiar; it's what we know. So we go ahead and do the same thing, whether it works for us or not. It's only when we become conscious. You know, I, I've used this example before. I remember someone saying that uh, someone interviewed. Um, Tony Robbins was interviewing these two brothers and I think their dad was in jail or something happened. I don't know, like turned out just, he he was doing some really bad things. And one of the brothers just totally changed his life. Great family, wonderful job, amazing citizen. And he, um, and then the other brother went down sort of the same road as the dad. And Tony said to the one brother, the one who was, you know, sort of on the straight and narrow and having this this amazing life, he said, well, what, <laughs> what led you down this path? And he goes, well, look at my dad. What choice did I have? And yeah. then he said to the other brother, you know, what made you go down this path? Well, look at my dad. What choice did I have? Right? And yeah. it's the kind of thing where you can be with that awareness, you can go down the same road or one that is so different. And it sounds like, you know, you learned so much from your mom and it could have been very easy. And it was easy at some point um, to, to do the same stuff, but sort of at your own expense. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. and once, so once I had that, that realization, right, that this was conditioning, it really helped me then to walk to a deeper journey of consciously saying, you know, who do I want to be? Who am I, who am I at my natural essence? Like who was I born to be? And I started looking back when I was a little girl, I was this brown eyed, bright eyed, um, creative, active. I was always, I always had an idea and I just brought it to life. Like I, there were no limits, you know, when I, back then. And, and I could see, I started to look at my journey and how I slowly dimmed myself down. Again, that, that, being willing to face your your history here, right? And not to get stuck mm-hmm. in it, but from a place of enlightenment, I saw in my corporate days, no problem. I was able to, you know, do those things that were important to me. It's when I became that um, I was raising my children and I was an entrepreneur at home that that created the shift, right? So we can, mm-hmm. you know, I encourage everybody to look look at your life and what were some of those those maybe key times where you dimmed yourself down because, because there's, there was a program there that said, oh, you can't have this. It's either this or that, right? And that was, mm-hmm. I think, part of what my conditioning was. It was a mom or a successful uh, um, businesswoman. It, it, I did not have the program. You could be both. <laughs> so Right, right. And it was just, it sounds like just you, you were going down a path that just was sort of made for you. And yeah. you did, you know, you thought, okay, this is this is what I could do. And it's, you know, I always say awareness is the first step. And it's once you're aware of something, then you have a choice. You can right. do something with it or not. Right. So well, what did it lead to? Yeah. So it, well, it led to, oh my gosh, it really led to a life transformation where, but but that transformation is a reawakening of my essence, I will say. And I... Mm-hmm. I started loving myself in, in, a, in a true way, not 
not in my brain saying I love you, but in my heart, I started to really connect with and feel love for myself. So every day I, and I don't do this as often as I did before, but I started looking in the mirror and saying, saying I love you and saying something I love and appreciate about myself. And let me tell you, it was very odd and awkward and uncomfortable in the beginning, but it was me taking a stand for me in a very um, physical way to say, you're important, you, you matter, and I love you. So that was, that was definitely something I, I changed, and it started to build um, confidence. It started, again, it connected me with my worth. And, mm-hmm. and and it's amazing, you know. People minimize that that Louise Hayes mirror work, mm-hmm. but I have heard from so many people it is so transformative. And some people can't even look themselves in the eye. No, you know. I so know. just getting to that point and then just taking it from there—that's wonderful. Yeah. Christine, what do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? I'm sorry. Say that again. What do you, What do you want to make sure everyone knows before uh, we wrap it up? Yeah, I, I want to make sure everybody knows that. And I'm all about radiance and I'm all about achievement. That's, that's really what I take a stand for women being their most radiant selves. And, and I want everybody to know that radiance is your birthright and your radiance comes from you honoring yourself and saying yes to pursue those things that are truly meaningful to you. Um, whether you call it a calling, a desire, a dream, and that you can achieve that from a place of trust and flow and joy, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know all the steps. You have to be willing to, to step into a higher version of you and use everything in front of you that you're going through as an opportunity for growth. And when you do that, you will thrive. You will be more radiant than you could ever imagine. And you will have a fulfilling life. I truly believe that. I think that's wonderful. You know, you said a few things. You said the magic word that I always use, and that's willingness. That is, I I really feel like that is the key to the engine of transformation because, you know, again, if we're unwilling, we will stay stuck. So that's huge. And I love that radiance is your birthright. And that's so true. So Christine, where do we go to learn more about you? Yes, you can go to thechristinehoward.com. And learn about my programs, my app, my beliefs of uh, radiant achievement, and um, schedule. Uh, if you want to chat, even you can you can schedule time with me through through that website. A lot of a lot of great Terrific. nuggets there. Oh, great. And we'll have all of your information in the show notes. Christine, I want to thank you so much. I think with a lot of, for a lot of women today and men, you gave us kind of permission to be radiant and that's Mm. really important. So thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, Debbie. So many great nuggets there from realizing how we're showing up to what happens when we stuff our emotions to giving up what the, you know, that need for control. That's a big one. Stay in touch with Christine by going to christinehoward.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Radiance is your birthright. I love that. And when we neglect to consider ourselves, we plant little seeds of resentment that aren't good for 
anyone. When we do that, we actually betray ourselves. I also love the journal prompts of what are you feeling and what do you need? Two simple questions that can lead to some powerful answers. So here's another prompt for you. If you haven't already, be sure to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And here's one more. Doors are now open to the PBT membership community. Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best, community, support, certified coaches and practitioners you can schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming and supportive place to become your best all online. I'm so excited to welcome you to the pbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.